Hello, and welcome to the PPM Podcast by Rego Consulting. I'm Steve Winchester, and joining me today is the always spunky, always bright and cheerful Camille Pack. Hi, Steve. It's really good to talk to you today. Glad to, glad to be back online with you. And before we jump in, we also want to let everybody know that, as always, Michael Murdoch, our creative director extraordinaire, is also with us. Michael, how's it going so far? Hey, Steve. It's going great. I just want to say thanks for listening. And uh, if you'd take a moment to leave us a five-star rating to help us grow our audience, that would be great. Thanks, Michael. And, you know, Camille, I think this is, um, we're getting, like, we're getting a lot of podcasts put out now and we're having a lot of people listen to them. I feel like we're truly becoming podcast mavens. So <laughs> tell us what's on tap for today. What are we going to discuss? Okay. Well, we have news about a new portfolio management acquisition, some information about an upcoming webinar on communicating the value of PPM. And we also have a white paper about eight ways you can stay out of the box with CA PPM, if that's your PPM tool of choice, as well as details about Rego University, which is the largest clarity conference of the year, the largest clarity user conference. That's a lot of stuff to go through today. We've got a good, show, good program. So that's awesome. <laughs> I know. And that's all before we get to our interview with Davey Zywick. Oh, Davey. Uh, he's awesome. One of our... Uh, one of our great uh, reporting mavens. I like to use the word maven a lot today. I guess that's the word of the day is maven. But uh, it's kind of your word all the time. I've noticed <laughs> you love that word. <laughs> You're right. I, I need to come up with uh, something else from Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, but yeah, great. Uh, it will be great to have Davey on with us today. I I always learn some pretty interesting things when we speak with him. And speaking of our uh, speaking of speaking and of our listeners, like Michael said, we are grateful that you have taken time to be with us today as well. And if you have suggestions or if there's a topic or something you'd like us to include in our podcast, we'd love it if you dropped us a line at podcast at regoconsulting.com. That's right. So we'll jump right into our acquisition details. And that is that Rego Consulting acquired Empowered Network's portfolio management line. Tell us more. Well, it definitely expands our portfolio management reach. It's something we're really excited about. Actually, um, Empowered has been a longtime partner of Rego, and we've um, been excited to work with them for a long time, and they have started to expand into another area that they've worked on. And so this deal has been um, really beneficial for both of our companies. Yeah, they've been great long-term partners of ours, and it really... Um, expands our footprint as a company up into the up into the Canadian market. So, uh, a we're happy to be up there. Yeah, that's right. Now we've got French speakers. That's, that's, <laughs> that is correct. Good. So, okay. So that's the update on the acquisition. More details can be found on our website or in the podcast notes. Uh, we also have uh, a upcoming webinar on communicating PPM value. Tell us a little bit more yeah. about that. So this one is coming up in January, and it's going to be available on demand as well. You can sign up for it. And this is for those folks who know that PPM is really useful, but maybe the rest of the team doesn't, or maybe the leadership doesn't. You know, it's about how to have those conversations to move people forward. We've also, we've had a lot of conversations and questions around this topic about, uh, you know, uh, communicating the value of PPM, how to, you know, are you measuring the right things so you can show that you're adding value to the organization? So this is a very timely webinar. Uh, and then that leads into another uh, an, another uh, piece of information we have, which is uh, information on eight ways to stay out of the box with CAPPM. 
Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of our clients have figured out um, the hard way before they've come to us that when you're configuring Clarity or CAPPM, less is more. And even if people know that, they kind of want to know, well, if less is more, then where do I start? Like, how do I make sure that I'm not over configured so that we can maintain adoption and not get people overwhelmed? That's great. So lots of good information out there for for our listeners today to have uh, inf- you know additional information and insights. So that takes us through the big things we had. So now what time is it, Camille? Oh, it's my favorite. It's interview time. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we've got Davey Zywick. He's a senior technical consultant with Rego, and he has been developing since he was 12 years old. That's amazing. I know. We're really excited to have him today. So he's worked for various companies. He's taken requirements and written the code, propping up various PPM software. He's kind of done it all, hasn't he? So uh, let's go ahead and get Davey on the line. Hi, Davey. It's so good to have you on the show. Hey, Davey. Hey. Hey, Camille. Hey, Steve. How are you guys? We're doing great. So you are the first technical consultant that we've had here speaking with us. And I know that our clients love to fight over who can get to work with you. (laughs) You tend to be one of those guys that can go without sleeping to get the major release pushed through. I know under the wire, I've experienced getting emails from you like at 11 and 1 and (laughs) 4am. So when did you know that you had that special knack for development? Oh, I am very red right now. Um, so I've been developing since I was probably in eighth grade. Um, I've always liked video games and computers since I was a little kid. My dad always fostered that um, want or trait. So I've always been working with it since then. Um, I really like development since high school. Once you get into working with Java, working with HTML and seeing a product actually get developed, I think it really inspires something. Creative people, mathematic people, its it brings everyone to the board. That's cool. Your dad encouraged it. And in my household, everyone was like, not so much computer time. You're restricted. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was very much, let's do as much computer as you can do. Um, but I did do all the sports. Gotta do, you got to be active. Got to be <laughs> So I know that you can do report writing in your sleep, whether it's Tableau or Crystal or Power BI. And you used to teach our Jaspersoft classes, I think, here at Rego. So what are a couple of tips that you like to share with people who are trying to do ad hoc reporting? So the number one thing I think most people forget about going into reporting is you should have some design before you even touch a tool. So majority of the time when I'm working with clients, I'm asking them, okay, here's an Excel. Let's just fill in the cells and see what it would look like. If you don't have that template, it makes it really difficult to do ad hoc reporting. Uh, One, it makes the data validation super difficult because you might think that you have the right hours, but then all of a sudden you notice, oh, it's 400 hours instead of 20. Where did I go wrong? Um, And secondly, it just makes it a lot easier figuring out what type of Uh, rows and values you're looking for to bring into ad hoc reporting. It's very much a planning process, even though it is considered ad hoc reporting. Um, Just because you're a user doesn't mean you don't have to go through the normal stages of development. Mm. Uh Aha. Okay. So now (laughs) I've learned something new about ad hoc. All right. I don't want to talk about 
but I don't want to talk about reporting for a moment. What I want to switch to is agile and in particular the concept of points, because I understand that you worked with Camille on a client and that she mentioned that you were kind of really motivated by agile sprints and that every point mattered and that you even might (laughs) have become a little bit, I don't know, Irritated might be a strong word since I wasn't there, but you can validate this. But irritated were... is the perfect word. Oh, is it? Okay. So irritated when somebody forgot to mark a point that was completed. So tell me, how did this uh, passion around uh, points come from in your life? So it's pretty interesting. I'm pretty young. And when I started learning to develop, Agile was this new and fancy thing. And that's what we learned to develop on. So it's it's similar. It's a process of how do you want to work, right? Um, and I've always worked in an Agile method. I've always thought, okay, let's just design something and see if it works. Um, and then redesign it and keep redesigning it and iterating upon it every every time and getting as much done as you can. So with Agile, it it's kind of the natural way for most developers. We want to get as much done as we possibly can. And with Agile Sprints, the more we get done, the more points we get. So it kind of gives us credibility. It gives us uh, that star that you used to get from your teacher, right? So the more points that you get, the better you're doing. Um, it's just something that motivates you to do more. I find a lot of accomplishment finishing a sprint and getting all the points that I confirmed and wanted to get done at that point done. So and that, it's a team thing. That's the other thing. Uh, Agile isn't about just development. If a developer finishes something, uh, they can go test. They can go write QRGs. It's everyone's a team when it's in the Agile methodology. That makes sense. And that point that may have been or may not have been left unmarked could have been for a pretty big deal, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Camille, did you learn your lesson? Yes, I learned it. Actually, it wasn't me. Oh, <laughs> I had a point, Misty. It wasn't me. Uh, I guarantee that. Names. I sat right next to her. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's switch uh, back over to, you know, just to something a little bit more serious. But um, you're pretty savvy. People love you. They, they think the work that you do is incredible. And you're pretty observant too. So would you share with us some of the things that you have observed that you think are the more important things that leaders uh, need to know to be successful today when it comes to PPM? Yeah, the number one, one of the number one things I think is just listening. As you said, I'm observant. I, I think understanding what your customers want is success to anything you do, right? Um, going from there makes it all easy. Uh, I think that's all you really have to do with PPM. Understand what type of metrics you're looking to get out of it. What do you want the tool to do? Um, understand the tool has limitations and it's never going to be perfect, um, but it's the best one you can probably get. So just work with it. It's not the tool that's going to make you successful. It's going to be that process around using the tool. Wise words. So you do a lot of traveling when you're going out to meet our various clients. What is a consistent challenge that you see people face? Uh, User adoption, actually. So PPM is a lot about managing people, right? It's projects, it's managing costs and resources. It's a lot of stuff all being put in the one. Uh, The number one thing I see people challenging with is getting people to actually 
put that information, do that stuff in a tool. Um, hmm. That's hard. It's it's a little more time out of your day than you want to do, I think. Um, but it really goes up to high level. It really showcases when you show a report to your executive that says 75% of our projects are being completed on time with the amount of hours, but there's 25% that always go over. So maybe we need a little more budget or maybe we need a little more time. And that helps with people overworking. It helps with stress levels. There's just a lot of uh, downstream impacts that you can see from working with the tool and taking that extra bit of effort. Mm. Good insight. So with all that travel, we ask everybody that's on our show to share with us their uh, their favorite travel nightmare. Now, I don't know if you could really call it a favorite travel nightmare, but... Uh, <laughs> well, this is, I got a great one. So, okay. <laughs> I, I've gone the CA world um, almost every year, and I was coming back from it, I think, two or three years ago, and my plane caught on fire. No <gasps> way. Yeah, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> so when I fly, I'm always on the window, just kind of happy-go-lucky, seeing the plane go off. I think that's fun. Um, and all of a sudden, people are freaking out, and they say two helicopters next to us. And they're no. like, oh. And then on the ground, you start seeing all these like fire trucks, and everyone's freaking out. And they're like, our wheels are on fire. And they say this in the most calm, like, as easy as you saying like, oh, would you like some water? They say, oh, our wheels are on fire. We can keep going and see if they'll go out due to wind or we can land. No. Both have about Whoa. the same success rate. What? <laughs> oh, no so way. We turned around and tried landing, which we oh, did successfully. My gosh. Um, and then Thank I got goodness. on a plane literally, I think, a day and a half later and no flames, got there on time. I'm sure a lot of people drove back home. <laughs> but yeah, that was my worst. Wow. I have never had fire <laughs> involved in a plane before. So that was pretty interesting. Oh, that's going to give you PTSD forever. <laughs> I figure if you survive that, you there's not much more you're going to go through. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, hey, Davey, you mentioned earlier about... Um, getting that love for programming when you were a child. Um, I have an 11 year old son and he's kind of, he loves that kind of thing. In fact, he just helped his 17 year old brother do his programming homework. <laughs> Is there anything like you could suggest to, to foster that love in it? Yeah. I think that's uh yeah, I would say do projects that you want to do when you're in school and when you're in college, you're going to be doing a lot of projects that you do not want to do. Um, so if, you don't want to get bored of doing programming because uh, it's like a sport. You have to practice, practice, practice. Choose an independent study or independent project to work on in your spare time uh, to keep you liking what you're doing. It, the best engineers, the best software developers I've ever met have always had a separate project that they work on that they can go to to relieve stress and just be happy with doing what they love. Well, Davey, we, this has been a great visit. This has been a lot of fun. I wish we could uh, had time to keep on going, but we know that uh, you're in high demand. So we, we, we are appreciative of the time that you've been able to give to us today. And thank you for, thank you for sharing uh, with us uh, your love um, for PPM and reporting and, and points. And, uh, and we, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Davey. 
Thank you. <laughs> Bye, JP. Well, what a great interview, Camille. Now, as we wrap up, let's take a look at what's on our radar for our next podcast. So coming up soon, we're going to get you connected with six strategies for speeding up your ideation process, as well as some information about how to hire project managers uh, to know what you're looking for in a PM and also how during the interview process to gauge whether or not those PMs have the skills you need. This is going to be a great, uh, a great piece of information, a great white paper. We've, we've worked with over 600 clients. Our consultants have uh, spent time giving us insight and information. Uh, really, we are going to get to take an inside look at what makes a great PM and how you go about finding them. Right. And we can't let you go without reminding you about Rego University. It's the largest CAPPM or Clarity knowledge sharing event of the year. Yes, it's going to be great. I love Rego University. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. So you want to mark your calendar for April 22nd to 26th and join us at the Lansdowne Resort and Spa in Leesburg, Virginia. Just a stone's throw from wine country and Dulles International Airport. Yes. Check out RegoUniversity.com and join me and Steve in person. It's going to be an amazing event. Maybe we'll do a live podcast and you can be on our <gasps> podcast with us. Oh, great idea. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. If you have a question, please drop us a line at podcast at RegoConsulting.com. The PPM Podcast is produced, as always, by Michael Murdoch. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please help us reach more people by taking a moment to leave us a five-star rating.